0: The moment you become aware of the ego in you, it is strictly speaking no longer the ego, but just an old, conditioned mind pattern. Ego implies unawareness. Awareness and ego cannot coexist. Eckhart Tolle
1: Bending, Not Breaking, Season 5, Episode 9 The Guide
0: And we're back to another episode of *Bending Night Breaking*. This is Ben Pruitt and
1: Sunshine Mayfield, and we are out. so
0: excited.
1: I'm so excited. So excited. I'm so excited. Excited. I'm so scared. I don't get it. It was a. Uh, it's like a. Uh, a show that referenced the song. That referenced. So something I referenced else. the show that referenced the song. Sports.
0: So today we're talking about the guide, the guide, and I'm really excited about this because there's just so much that goes on and we get to see some family dynamic stuff going on. And today we are talking about all of that through a lens of ego,
1: ego, not the supervillain from guardians of the galaxy Two,
0: nor the bird from a Latin
1: that's Iago.
0: Oh, is it? Pretty sure it was. Wait, what? Today we're talking about ego. What does ego mean to you?
1: What does ego mean to you? I listed it as a person's sense of self-esteem or self-importance. Was the definition I went with? Cool, 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 not cool. Not the like psychological definition that connects your no, not your Freud, your, your, your Freud, and your super ego, and yeah, yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. But your version of your self-importance. And self-esteem hmm
0: yeah ego okay I have heard ego described as <laughs> uh, anytime we use the descriptor I anytime we use that language it's the ego speaking that's one way that I've heard it
1: anytime you say I
0: yeah when you I use I this. centered language your ego is putting you at the center um and so that's that's kind of how i've it's been phrased to me that way
1: that's my boy feels good yeah Yeah. feel good about it all right um well cool yeah like we got to recap this episode yeah and by we i mean you i hate it yeah but before we do that let's talk more about ego because i actually pulled up an article because i like doing that
0: an article
1: how to keep your ego in check
0: Dun dun dun. Three keys. <laughs> How do you keep your ego in check, Sunshine?
1: Written by an LMSW. Ooh, interesting. Melody Wilding. Never heard of her. Yeah. Or them. Yeah. How do you know if your ego is in control? Uh, your ego is crafty. You don't always know when it's taking over. Here Ooh, are things you can Crafty. Do, think ego. about whether or not your ego is at the wheel. Uh, if your ego is at the wheel, you feel intense jealousy when others succeed
0: interesting Mm -hmm. interesting
1: you have a persistent need to be right during arguments
0: oh that's totally me
1: you place a lot of emphasis on winning at all costs also me and you're eager to jump in with your idea but are slow to seek the input from others also me so those are signals that maybe your ego is taking control
0: yeah that that sounds like my ego is in control a lot
1: Ways that she lists that you can kind of combat this. Listen to your colleagues before chiming in during a meeting. Ask permission before giving advice. Um, improve your coaching skills so that you can help people arrive at their own solutions rather than telling them solutions. Mm. Things that we've, we've seen. Uh, at home, you can do this by uh, banning, blaming, or shaming language. Like, you always do that.
0: Oh, um, okay, Show okay.
1: appreciation for your partner's perspective or, or familial's perspective. That's a great point. Thanks for sharing your feelings with me, um, and then take time uh, out if things get heated and uh, you need to recenter yourself. Mm. So uh, typically Forbes is not my go-to. I don't disagree with the things that were. No, out I don't
0: either. I was expecting that. to rip into this part, but typically
1: I? Forbes comes from a pretty <laughs> uh, capitalistic standpoint. Yeah. Um, uh, but even from the, I think that that's uh, part of the thing is like, which always like triggers me about business cultures, especially ego Ones is typically if you're better at coaching and leading people, profits are also going to yeah. benefit. Um, so it's interesting to see how that plays out. But I'm, um, you know, that's that's just turns out by being a good company, leadership.
0: yeah. Morally, often Sometimes that will lead to
1: <laughs> benefiting your company in the long yeah. run. Yeah. Um, hmm. Interesting. Strange. Weird. Yeah. So that was what uh, this uh individual lifted up which i don't i don't hate i don't disagree i don't hate any of that those are nice advice little points to keep your ego in check are yeah. you getting mad when other people succeed only when it's playing board games yeah i mean
0: that's in five dysfunctions of a team also mm-hmm. right that's status and ego is the fifth dysfunction and the thing at the top of the pyramid that gets status. in the way right uh when your status comes before other people's success right right that is a factor that is attributing to a dysfunction.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. Okay,
1: now we can recap.
0: And by we, we mean you.
1: Unfortunately. Yeah, so I'm
0: going to set my timer.
1: 30 seconds on, on the clock. On your
0: mark. Get set, go.
1: is playing with spirits, and then we see Korra show up at the air temple and tells all the Civil War, and she then recaps episodes two through eight to Tenzin. Uh, Tenzin and Korra believe that they need to close the spirit portal. Unalak takes the twins to go to the northern portal. Mako shares his Varric theory with people. Tenzin and Korra try to enter the spirit world but have troubles because Tenzin's actually never been there. Desna gets knocked out by her pops who then just kind of shakes it off. Mako gets spoken to by Varric and then ultimately framed for some things. And Jinora and Korra head into the spirit world after we find out Jinora's got some spirits that she can see. That was, that was perfect. Yeah. I don't even need to buzz you out. That was like, you nailed it out of the buzzer. Boom.
0: Did you say that doesn't just shook it off?
1: No, pops shook it off. Oh, I was like, that's not what happened. <laughs> <laughs> no, pops was the one who <laughs> pops kind of shook it off. Okay, uh, okay, that makes more sense. Luna now. Locke was like, eh. <laughs> My child was just uh, incapacitated. Yeah, needs a healer. Might die. Yeah, this is more important. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I like that. Uh, that Eska kind of like registers that and is like, mm, "I'm leaving." Good to know. Good to yeah. know that that's where you stand. That might become pertinent <laughs> yeah. later on.
0: Yeah. That that was a that was a turning moment.
1: lock might not be a great father.
0: <laughs> yeah. We learned that. We learned that. Yeah. Yikes. So again, we're talking about ego, ego, and we're talking about all these things. Keeping
1: the ego in check.
0: Since you've given us this wonderful recap, is there a moment from that? The whole recap, the whole episode that is like, man, the ego on this scene. Ugh.
1: Yeah, I, um, I don't think Mako understands that he is working to take down systems, like massive systems. I and mean, Maybe he does, but it seems like he's got the ego to think that he can do it by himself. Interesting. Um, to take down Varric and a, and a massive corporation led by Varric, who is clearly very intelligent and ve- clearly very good at what he does, uh, it takes a lot of self-esteem <laughs> to feel like you can tackle that. And he shares it with other people, so I don't know if he necessarily believes that he can do it alone. Um, but it seems like uh, certainly c- kind of gets the feeling of I, I you know lack of consequences or not thinking through consequences when doing this and so that's kind of where it feels for me is like a little bit of an ego check to be like yeah it's not super surprising to me that you've got two cops coming in here who are busting you for stuff um that you didn't think that this was a potential result or you did and you're like i'm good enough to it doesn't matter because i've got the side of justice on you know my side or whatever
0: yeah, to me, if I were to put language to what I... Because I thought about this scene for a while where Mako comes in with Bolin and Asami, right? And to me, it feels just very naive. I'm
1: not going to let it go, right? I can do this.
0: Yeah, well, that, but also it feels naive in the sense that, like, exactly what you're saying, I'm one person that can take down this mass system. Because mm-hmm. it's not just Varric, right? right? And he's putting this label on Varric as the one, but there's a system in place that is protecting Varric and not ign- acknowledging that system makes it so that you, <laughs> there's a lot of ego there to, to think that one person can shift and navigate one whole system. And And let's be real. I'm not saying that's not possible. I'm just saying that
1: the naivety around he's got money. He probably has contact inside of the, the Republic city police force,
0: which is evident, Yeah. Right.
1: <laughs> like, um, so, yeah, moral of the story is I think that Ego
0: is definitely playing a role here. Mm-hmm. I'm not necessarily sure what exactly it is doing mm-hmm. because I think it's playing a role with Asami and Bolin, too, right? Because, you know, Mako comes in and's like, I figured it out, and Bolin's like, no that could never be true because they're
1: both benefiting from the system that varic is providing yeah and so sometimes future industries and asami and and
0: so my question exactly to this point is at what point does our ego contribute to when when the ego benefits at what point does that make it so that we are less likely to um to do what is right or to recognize that something is wrong. I think the
1: recognition is that piece, right? If you feel like you're being benefited by the actions of the system, you are less likely to assume that the system is morally corrupt. And
0: let's be clear on that point that you just said. That is true, factually, right? There is a lot of evidence and data that suggests that when the the systems are benefiting you, you are less likely to notice that it's harmful. Correct. Um, And so I just
1: that is, that is an, not like that it's not subjective that's, that's
0: not me just saying that willy-nilly or sunshine
1: just like oh, oh right. this is this is true no this is, there is facts. <laughs> there's facts there's there's a lot of evidence backing that up and so we see that with bolin and and, and bolin's gonna get his ego. He, bolin's gonna get an ego right over and gonna get already has um but i think it what we do see is when we have that ego of self-importance because he, as as everything with balance you should have self-esteem like you 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 want you should need to
0: have enough self-importance to treat yourself well yes to give yourself the space and capacity to set boundaries and to thrive and and to to
1: live life right so there has to be there is a a fine line there's a balance um as everything in avatar and in our lives right yes so so you can't just say like you shouldn't believe that you're important in any way shape or form ever um but it is, is not what we're saying, but it is recognizing, hey, is my self-importance altering the way that I should be behaving in this moment or can behave or, yeah. or what is the impact of me behaving this way? Yes. And for, for Mako, I think his ego uh, acts as a barrier to seeing the overall system and his ability to work within it or around it to, to do what is morally correct.
0: And one of the things that I really appreciate from what I've been learning in school recently is it is so important to do work like this where we are confronting issues and we are dealing with uh, uh, not good systems <laughs> when we're dealing with um, things that are on the struggle bus that are really hard. It's important to, to do those things in community because when we tackle things by ourselves or we believe that our knowledge is enough uh, what we're going to inevitably come across is that it, our, our, it becomes ideological. And when we believe that everything that we have is contributing to this is the best way, the only way to live without bringing in other people to corroborate and discuss with and learn from, then we're going to make a lot of mistakes. And we see a lot of how ego kind of traps us in into it had cast this like luring net that like you want to do this by yourself. It's good to be individual and in control and all these things, but really it's, it's community and doing this with trusted people by your side that is, that are willing to call you out and give you feedback that enables these checks and balances to hold your ego, right? To make sure that the ego is not the only thing making decisions. So it's a, it's a, we need community. We need ego. We need a balance.
1: Right, so let's look at Unalak. Right, so for good or for bad, he's trying to open the portal. It's for bad, but um, <laughs> um, but in this moment, he's so focused on it happening and it being done this way, yes. That when it causes harm to uh, Deska or Desna,
0: that was a nice mix of the two. Yep,
1: Deska is the the twin. Does it not harm
0: him. both of them though? So I it mean, does. is that an appropriate sure. way? To... <laughs> Absolutely.
1: <laughs> Either he acknowledges that Desna was hurt and doesn't care or is so blinded by, I have to do this. This is on me. This is the only way. Yeah. Regardless, not good. It's not good at all. Um, I honestly don't give the most generous rating. I think he doesn't care. Um,
0: I mean, he basically, like, the most generous assumption for me is that the greater good is worth his, more in than his in his eyes is worth more than one life. Even his own child, his own child. Yep. Yes. And so I, I think that's the good, the best assumption I can give. And that's not very generous. Oh. <laughs> and so like I, I, or like perhaps another uh, assessment is that he didn't think it was actually life threatening. He just thought he was in a lot of pain and, therefore this is even like this is so important that i don't need to focus on that even Mm -hmm. like because he's just hurt he's not going to die so uh, those are some generous assumptions i think like no matter how i spin it or paint it it's still not acceptable
1: (laughs) yeah and i think we we ultimately see him disregard the viewpoints of others in this moment right so and always Yes, but I, and I, when we talk about that earlier list of ways that we personally can recognize, yeah, he is not listening to the advice of one of the members that he is with, correct when they say we need to stop, yeah, this is hurting people, mhm, he keeps going, yep, um, and so I think when we kind of pull this in for us when other people say this is causing harm,
0: stop, <laughs> listen, stop, and listen, yeah. <laughs>
1: Now the processes, figure it out. Is it is the harm worth it? Is all those things because you know is it really harmful or is this something that we're gonna need to do right? Because I can think of moments when, um, you know, the uh, I'm trying to make sure that I'm. There are times in our lives where people might say you're causing harm because things are uncomfortable. Yeah, but that doesn't. That's not actually harm causing. It's
0: discomfort it's causing discomfort,
1: and so there's a moment of you might be told like this is causing harm you're going to say i think i this is discomfort i've thought on it i hear you but we're going to move forward um can sometimes be the 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 route but in this specific moment it's
0: and often in those spaces it's also saying this is something that we're going to continue and I want to give you the option to step away if that's something that yeah. you need to do. I think about us right? when
1: well, we, we've led trainings about creating safe spaces for, yeah. for others and someone might say, Hey, you're condemning this activity that I participate in and
0: it, and it makes me feel it, it
1: makes me feel bad. Yeah. I think that you saying that this is a negative thing is wrong. No, it's a negative thing. That's what I'm saying. And if you <laughs> and if and if you do that and that's making you uncomfortable in this situation, sit with it. But we're going to keep going, and we're going to treat this behavior as one that's harmful because it is. Yep. And so, just because you do it, doesn't mean I'm causing you harm by calling it out. Yeah. Um. And so, I think those are moments that you know we'll talk about, but because I think that's sometimes when we gets lifted up, they're like, "This is harmful." It's like, mm, I'm calling out the harm. You don't like that it's being called out. That's different than actually causing you harm.
0: Welcome to. The news. Right. For especially owned by...
1: <clears throat> uh, one of my least favorite things is is the idea that calling out systems of oppression is what is creating division. Yeah. Like, no, the system is creating the division. Me calling out is acknowledging the division. Is naming it. And that's, that's different than, yeah. you know, whether yeah. that's... So, but in this moment, taking into the account of other people, processing it, and making decisions to move forward, if you're not doing those things, then... Your ego might be in control, and so we see that with Unalak.
0: Yeah, well, and I just I, I really love that that Eska is like this is not okay. Yep, and it's time to walk away, and takes Desna with her. Yep, and I think that's really important. And I think that we need to feel empowered in moments where someone else's ego is uh, leading the way and causing harm. We need to have enough self involvement to respect our boundaries, right. And say, I am more important than, than this. And not just me, but the person that I'm in charge of and taking care of Mm -hmm. is more important. And their safety is more important than this. And And so I, I think that that's where that discernment comes into play. And I mean, it's pretty easy to make this decision for us because this is clearly the antagonist making a evil fate, like, an evil decision. <laughs> yes. um, and so it, it becomes much more difficult to discern when that's happening. And you world. believe in what you're doing mm-hmm. and stepping away is actually not good for you. Yeah. Um, What's a moment for you? Yeah. I, I, there's a lot of Tenzin in this episode.
1: Yeah. I was kind of holding off on some Tenzin cause it's, yeah. but yeah, dive that, in.
0: Like, and, and I think that will lead to several other moments too, but I want to kind of, Tenzin feels very mansplainy this episode.
1: Doesn't feel like is is yes. very is very <laughs> Thank you. Okay.
0: Uh but yeah, like I it's just I I struggle with Tenzin at the same time. Once we hear what's going on, I I really I can sense. empathize with it. It's still not good. Yes, correct. Um but it's one of those things where like, man, he is blaming he he's doing that whole list of things not to do that was on that forbes article yeah, right blaming he's doing, shaming yeah shame language um and and t- it isn't until he's called out that this ego is put into check so again when it's community right it's listening to the other people around you and receiving feedback from the people around you that ha- is the, that offers the checks and balances we need to address ego Yeah, and so, you know, it starts with the incense, or no, it starts with the bell, Milo, right? And he's calling out a you know five year old child.
1: Yeah, let's talk about this moment because to me it comes off as a very. I I feel like the argument around like participation trophies could pop up in this similar thing Uh because Milo is not hitting the bell at proper intervals. He well,
0: what and what is a proper interval?
1: Whatever the beat is, regular intervals, right? It's it's not regular. regular. It's It's not anything. It is very irregular. Yeah. Um, and Cora says, I, I thought your, your bell playing was just fine. Yeah. And the joy that comes to Milo. And so he's going to continue to do that. Yeah. He's going to continue to learn.
0: Ding, 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 ding. But eventually
1: he'll figure it out. Right. And so this to me is, it kind of feels like, well, that's the participation trophy aspect. Like Cora was the equivalent of giving participation trophies to children. And it's like, yeah, most kids understand, um, like you can say, and teach and grow, but being positive and giving the the ability for people to understand that they didn't do anything inherently wrong, or that there's joy to be had in what you're doing, and then as you continue to grow and learn a skill that that comes with it, like all of that, you're not, there's a chance that if core wasn't there, Milo would never want to, to ring that, that bell, bell again, again, ever. Ever. Would never, like, would Shame's never car, try to right? Yep. And so... I I'm really appreciative of Korra in this moment. And this is a moment of growth that we that we rarely see from Korra. Yeah. But she seems very in tune into reading a space mm-hmm. throughout the course of this episode. And so, um yeah, just I really like that moment. No, I
0: think that's beautiful. And again, yeah. like recognizing that Tenzin's ego is a source of what could have been a very like, long-term problematic moment for Milo mm-hmm. that was, thank goodness, saved by Korra. Yep. And, you know, we have no idea how Milo would have responded. Like, he might have rang the bell no matter what, whenever, after this. Correct. But I think recognizing that there was potential for sure for that to happen where he would never have rung the bell again. And this
1: is where we talk about that balance of self-esteem, right? If you can't, you have to have some. And so Cora giving him some allowing him to see that like no, like you're doing good it's all right um the ability for that to to allow for milo's self-esteem and ego to be at least a little bit padded there i think is something that was beneficial in that moment yeah
0: um and and i think what we'll learn i want to continue to follow tenzin and i think it's going to illuminate some other important things all right so do we feel like we've covered the bell yes so the next is the incense right and this moment with Kaya is really helpful because Tenzin is, you know, telling Kaya exactly what to do. She does it, and she's, and he's like, "There's too much incense, too much smoke. There's too much. You did it wrong." And he's like, "She's like, listen, I, I just did it the way you wanted me to." Mm-hmm. And I think, like, how often do we get into that mode where we like don't want to admit that we're wrong? because and so we double down and say no we can't do this you did it wrong we're going to move that's on that's not how i told that's, you that's we to need to go it. to a different place that, right you
1: did it you didn't do it exactly how i told you to do it or else this wouldn't have happened exactly right
0: um and i think that's another moment where th- th- when our ego is getting in the way ensign's giving us all the warning signs here he's showing us what it looks like and mm-hmm. in this article like it's like he's demonstrating everything in this article um that you kind of brought to our attention from melanie
1: Winning at all costs for him looks different. It's getting into the spirit world at all costs. Yes, right. That's the yes. Um. And and here's where uh, props to Cora. Because and she does it so well. Hey, what's going on? Yeah. There's a little bit of a snap at Milo. There's a little bit of a snap in blaming Kaya. Now I feel like you're getting upset with me. What's going on? Wasn't it? She didn't attack him. She didn't say that you're, you know, the worst mentor ever. She just said, "Hey, help me understand." This is what
0: I observed. Yep.
1: Help me understand.
0: Help me understand.
1: And uh, and I think that puts it into check for him because he is taking the guidance and and recognizing that when when Korra as a parallel to Unalaq, right? And so uh, this is in, this is an interesting episode because we see parallels from Tenzin to Ulo- Unalaq, mm-hmm. and both have an ego issue, and we start to see one challenge it. And recognize it where the other doesn't and so you yeah. see the parallel here of unalak did not listen to to uh to eska tenzin does to Korra. yeah okay i'm recognizing this thing we'll Let's start naming what potentially could be it it's probably well it's it's a fact that i've never been into the spirit world ever
0: well and i think what it what it does is i, I want to make sure we give due credit to cora's question which is also really helpful it's not hey i recognize this behavior what do we do now? It was, Hey, I recognize this behavior. You have done this before.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. Everyone is under the assumption that Tenzin has done this before. Yep. And so they have been acting as though he, they, he has this, this knowledge and he has been letting them. Mm -hmm. Right. And when he, when she asks the question saying, how did you do this before? Let's try it that way. That's when Tenzin is given like he has this choice, Mm -hmm. right? Do I continue to double down on the fact that they think that I've done this and so I have to be able to prove it? Or does he admit that he's wrong and say, I actually haven't been able to? Yep. And he admits it, which is incredibly vulnerable. You
1: want to keep your ego in check. That's a way to do it.
0: And like (laughs) admit when you're wrong. Yep. Right? And here's what I really appreciate about this is Tenzin admits this and the first thing we see is everyone poke around the corner, right? Literally every head, including Pema. And <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like they all are poking their head out and looking at this because they're all so surprised, right? And what I, I think this is a moment that's really important because what happens after is going to really cause me some angst because they pay, there's like this noticeable ribbing of Tenzin that occurs mm-hmm. for the rest of the episode. It comes from Bumi. It yep. comes from Korra who are now poking fun that at Tenzin's never, sore never, yep. spot that he's never been into the spirit realm. Right. And this to me is like, this is not good behavior if we no. want to address ego. Right. Correct. We, Cause he had the vulnerability and willingness to admit it. And then they're taking advantage of that. Yep. And yes, did they suffer for the first 20 minutes of this episode Having to walk around to all these places and get blamed and attacked, right? But responding in kind and poking fun with this casual cruelty is not solving the problem.
1: No, as anything, right? The the generic two wrongs don't make a right, you yeah. Know? And so, so, but that it, it's tough to see. But we we've so we've seen relationships tarnish because someone has become vulnerable. And then immediately get, gets made fun of it. Yeah. And it's never again. Yep. Not doing that again. Yep. Um, So.
0: And, and it's one of those things where, like, it's it's played off as funny. Because, like, people will, you know, it's, and and I get it. But those are the moments that hurt the most is mm-hmm. when I've been, I am raw. And you're like, hee, I'm going to poke your wound. And, yep. like, hee, poke. I'm like, ow. No, it hurts twice as much right now. Why would right. you do that? Yep. This is um, a
1: really fresh wound. Don't touch it. <laughs> yeah.
0: And I just, that made me sad. Um, I'm curious if, if, did you notice that? What, what, oh, what yeah. came up for you?
1: No, I think, and we've said it before, uh, family and close friends have the ability to hurt us the most. Yeah. Because they're supposed to be a source of trust. And they and see us
0: in our most vulnerable moments. Um, and
1: so it hurts that much more when they, when they see us there and then they know how to make it worse. Even if they don't think, uh, I, I, one of my least favorite phrases in the world was i'm I was just joking right cool then what was what was the joke? yeah, well, I was making fun of you great that's
0: uh-huh
1: <laughs> you joking or not or thinking it's funny if it's if if i'm if the point of it was to cause pain to me, then whether you perceive it as a joke or not is irrelevant, yeah, right, absolutely.
0: So before that happens, though, there's this moment right before where where Tenzin's like, you have to trust me or no, it's right after because like Kaya comes in and it's like, Mm "Janora, Janora has this capacity and Tenzin's like, no, 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 you have to trust me. Yep. And it was a red flag moment all the way back to episode one with Unalak saying, I am the the only only one. one. Right. And it's the exact. And that to me was that's the moment. That's the ego speaking. Mm -hmm. Right. It's like you have to trust me. Is your ego speaking? Yeah, right. And it's we saw it from Unalak. We've seen how that turned out. Didn't go out very Not well. We've recognized that's a red flag. And Big this is like flag. here it is again. Yep. Red flag. And he's like right at the top of his ego before he starts coming down. When
1: it's, just, it's a trap that we all fall into, right? No, I've done this before. This is the way to do it. Yep. Now balance that with
0: except I haven't done this before. You have to trust me. Exactly. <laughs> Even worse.
1: <laughs> um, but balance that with. Janora does not have the self esteem or the confidence. Hasn't spoken up that this is something that she can do. Yeah, and so there's a there's a need at this moment for saying, "I deserve a seat at the table." This is something that I'm able to do. And I don't
0: and, think it ever would have happened if Kai didn't if sure Kai didn't speak up. Correct. And I think that that this, the, the whole rest of the season is hinging <laughs> on <laughs> this the, moment
1: because Janora. Yeah, not just this season. The rest of the series. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because Janord plays a big role in season three, yeah. Um, but her ability to say, "I can do this. I can lead Cora into the spirit world," yeah, um, is such a cool moment, and is one that comes with your ego, like, yeah. It, like, yeah.
0: We need to empower people and give them that source of uh, sense of self worth and that sense of pride and that ego, exactly. right? And in- inflate the ego, so to speak, so there is a enough balance. to yep. where there's the capacity to stand up for oneself. Correct. Fine line. Yep. Right.
1: But it also challenges the notion of the binary of, oh, if you do that, you're going to inflate their ego. Well, sometimes egos need to be inflated. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Seems <laughs> like they need that. Sometimes they don't need to be. Yeah. Sometimes they do need to be. Yeah. And, and that's okay. And it's not black and white and it's levels and it's not a perfect, like, but sometimes that's the way it needs to be. Yeah. Um, and we see that. Kaya does it by saying, Hey, Jenora's actually got the skill. And we see that happen, and yeah. the joy that that brings to the group when she gets to bring, like when she gets to step. And forward. yeah, everybody benefits. Everyone right? benefits. Boomy Junior shows up, right? So Jew. yeah. So it's just, it's a really nice moment. And there's several nice moments because there's again, as much as Tenzin does wrong, there's a lot of stuff that he does right. Korra does a lot right in this episode. We get to see Janora thrive. Um, we get to see Kaya be supportive. Yeah, I love it. it. It's, it's a really impactful episode yeah um and shows you exactly what that looks like but it tenzin shows us how easy the trap of ego can be (laughs) ego can be it's my way yeah we're doing it this way yeah um because sometimes and here's the other like nuance to it sometimes the most efficient way when we do something for the moment is is not the best way to do it Even though it might be the most efficient way to do,
0: yes, I love this point.
1: Um, so an example of this is as we're teaching children skills, and you know, it is so efficient for when a child says, "I need this supply, I need these scissors,"
0: to give it to them, to just
1: give it to them. Yep. Right. It is less efficient, but sometimes more powerful to be like, "Well, that's great. Where do you think
0: you can find these?" Might be, (laughs) yeah, uh,
1: in the arts and crafts drawer. Great. Should we go check that out together? Yeah. Okay, they're not here. Where else could they be? Yeah. Oh, there's a drawer that says scissors on them. Cool. Let's So right like that.
0: Teaching problem solving. Teaching
1: problem solving. Teaching. So, you know, or, in a, you know, for Tenzin, this is the most direct way to do it, I think, and we're going to do it. Or there might be a more roundabout way or a way that might get it done 80% as good as Tenzin could do it, and for the sake of group morale for the sake of teamwork and collaboration, it's okay for that thing to be done at 80% instead of 100%. Yep.
0: Um, and that is a John Maxwell rule, actually. Mm-hmm. If 80% is the where you, if someone can do it 80% as well as you can, you should delegate. Yep. Just for the sake of leadership development. Yep. Um, so that's something to, to take in mind. Thank you, John Maxwell, for that.
1: But we also see it fail when Tenzin does the cleansing ritual, and then all the spirits come out. And
0: I was confused about whether that actually worked or didn't work because
1: technically it worked; it cleared it out. But well, it didn't and, work and you so know the way, yeah,
0: like because the the spirit that they were hanging out with left, but at the same time, there were there was some bad juju down there too that you know was cleared as a result of this. Well,
1: yeah, I view it as the uh, like. Uh when you do carpet cleaning, you agitate the dirt first before yeah. you vacuum. That's how, yeah. that's kind of how I viewed like Tenzin unknowingly agitated the dirt. So yes. That Cora could clean it. Yep. Uh, um, but it's interesting because here's a moment where Cora could have said, I'm not doing anything. Una Locke taught me to do. Yeah. Because he's not a good person. I'm not going to do it. Yep. It, it worked. And well, she even and they acknowledges they, they it acknowledge in the it, moment, right? Like he's pretty good with spirits. Um, that's something for us to be weary of. Yeah. But it worked and it worked well. And Cora had the skill set to do it and she did it. And I love that moment too, of everything clearing away. And well, and that's kind of, I think I was talking about that
0: early on in the series of like, it's really hard when you need to learn a skill from someone who like at the time Cora believed that he was all good, but like sometimes you need to learn skills from, from people in order for the, for the quote greater good that, From not great sources.
1: And it's so tough because we've had supervisors, leaders that we worked with before that aren't great leaders, but are really knowledgeable about whatever they're supposed to be teaching us. We've all had professors before that know content, like the back of their hand, but delivering it or teaching it is not something they strive with, right? Yup. Even from those moments, there are things you can glean and learn. Yeah. But that's what's that, there's a tough part about that. Yeah. so,
0: woof, there's a lot going on.
1: That's okay, a, that whole subject of how we navigate problematic people and things, conversations like the art versus the artist, um, and do you support them? And yeah, you know, like that yeah. is a whole different podcast episode, but um, it's kind of like what you're getting a little bit of like Unilak is not a good person, and this skill that he taught me is very helpful, super helpful. Yeah, how do we? pay tribute to the fact that like i can use the skill and and then still condemn his condemn actions the actions that are taking place elsewhere yeah yeah other moments
0: I, i'm just i'm kind of circling back to the beginning of our episode where we were talking about Verrick um mastermind right genius um and, and, and
1: we've seen moments of that before where he plays dumb or aloof or yeah. all over the place Scatterbrain. Well, this this he's, he's was a sin, this
0: was sinister.
1: Oh, purposefully sinister. Like this was. But he knows how to play it.
0: it. But he played it. Um, it was amazing. Know, it was like, yeah. And so, like ego here. What? It, where is ego in this situation? I,
1: I think he feels invincible. Ooh. I think Varrick feels untouchable right now.
0: Then why threaten Mako at all?
1: I think he to keep it in check to maintain that level of feeling. But, uh, but i i think Varric consistently views himself as the smartest person in the room interesting
0: yeah it's interesting like I, I this whole series of moments is really quite fascinating because you know when Mako goes is pulled into this room with Coles he's like no i'm just burning the fungus off my feet and you know it looks like it's going to be this torture chamber in X y and z and ver like i think intentionally Varric was like I want it exactly to appear that way. Yeah. And I, and I want to just walk across it and show him that I can do that. And then I want to, like, threaten his friends and family. <laughs> well, my
1: headcanon is that he actually likes Mako. Like, yeah. He likes Mako. I, and, like, I, he's going to give I, him an opportunity to, like, get out of the way and yes. join and be a part of this. or in, And no one gets hurt. And, yeah. But if I have to...
0: Well, and that's what I'll take you down. That's why I think Varric's character is so complicated because you end up liking his character at the end. Right. And it's like
1: there's no consequences for any of his actions. Throughout None, the entire series, And that's right? the frustrating part about Varric. Is he funny? Yes. Does he do terrible things? Yes. Does he ever serve any consequences for it? No. And he None. gets
0: away with like things that he should not get away with. Yeah. And it's one of those things where I'm sitting here going like, but I also like enjoy his character. That doesn't mean like I'm con- like condoning his actions, but it's like, it's how ha- it's, I'm, I'm finding it difficult to navigate my
1: relationship with Varric is what I'm saying. Yeah. I and mean, we're going to, cause I don't, how I view Julie is gonna Same. also be tarnished. Yes. I'm sure by the end of all of this, because I'm like you, knowingly know that he does. Not all only this are stuff, you are like you're aiding and abetting him, yeah. Abetting and <laughs> um, and y'all are they are a super villain couple. If season, yeah, or a season five. Uh, well, they, they we they, do we like, get the comics. We get the comics. That's right,
0: and no? they're not bad in the comics. No. Spoiler alert! Like they like there's a lot of things that go down in the comics that suggest that they are. Like, maybe Julie's in charge now, and that's what makes it so that it's less mastermind villainy. But, like, I don't know. I don't know.
1: Yeah. I don't, it. it yep. Yeah. So, I just... I want to lift is there that a up. chaotic neutral?
0: I, that's the question. I don't know right. where, where the alignment truly is. But I, I agree with you that he definitely carries some sort of affection or something for Mako. Because, like, he never like just flat out takes him out and or does any like but he does say, oh but it, like I think it's later in the series where he's like, Oh the water under the bridge. Right? <laughs> and it's just like, no. <laughs> uh For anyway. you I'm sure. Yeah. But anyway, I just I think the ego there is that when you think that you and your system and your like can trump other people yeah. that's a that's a problem
1: when i it also it also shows that, it, that it's not a simple solution uh, uh, Varric takes the suggestions of julie right he t- he listens to other people yeah but that doesn't mean that his ego isn't a problem you know what i mean like Correct. so it's not a perfect like oh i do this thing so i'm good and i think most things in life a are lot of in people do
0: think that though right Right? I I think a lot of people are like, oh, I'm totally not egotistical. I do this. And it's like, no. (laughs) That's not how that works.
1: Yep. And so, yeah, Varric is tough. Yeah. So, super likable and does so many things that are. And super
0: not likable at the same time. How do you balance? Right. So, anyway, I, I think it leads to the. It helps me understand the value of my bias, frankly, and how much my bias contributes to whether I like a person. Because like, if someone's funny and, you know, y- can... And not
1: harming you. And not
0: harming me right. and doing these, then I'm like, oh, yeah, it's totally fine. Uh, and I
1: think that's that's a big part of that, too, is when we watch the show, part of the knowledge that we have, the knowledge and learning that we've gleaned over the last eight years, ten years, because the show came out to 2012, 2014 I don't
0: know I don't keep track I never see I'm I was not the person who was watching it on the tv so I ended up catching it later in life um but I did catch it hard
1: but I think it does it does show that you know the more you learn the more you grow the more that you're able to to continue to press on these things and challenge your own biases it makes a difference yep um and so yeah we'll tackle more Barrick. As, as the series as we goes on.
0: All right. Well, any other moments of ego before we move on to our next segment?
1: No, I feel good. Uh, w- there will be a few moments that I want to highlight later as we talk about our different
0: um, moments
1: in, in the episode. But for now, I think we're going to take a quick break. If you feel good about it, let us do so. All right. We'll be back in just a moment with uh, after a uh, little music interlude.
0: For the second time this episode so excited first time was just from our intro music this time from our like transition music and now we're going into our favorite segment and this week we are going into our assets and liabilities yeah it's uh since we talked about forbes it's we're gonna a
1: little more proper
0: we're gonna go a little bit more into the the business we're mindset trying it out we're trying out the assets and liabilities <laughs> so what were the assets of this episode <laughs> For you, um, for in me. particular.
1: I um, I really love the moment where Tenzin puts his ego in check uh, and acknowledges and supports Jenora. It's always nice to hear the, I'm proud of you. I think that's such a powerful phrase to tell someone. Mm. Um, I think it can fill people with so much joy, and I think in this moment specifically, uh, he can't do this. He can't do this. And so it would be so easy for him to be upset about it, Um, and not recognized and and, and not recognized in in this moment. And I think the fact that he's, he says, Hey, I'm proud of you. I think it's such a beautiful moment. Uh, and one I really love. Give me, gives me all the good feelings when you see it on screen. I like good feelings. Mm
0: -hmm. One might call it an asset.
1: Yep. Yeah. Then you can counter that my liability being the exact opposite, uh, with Una lock. Let's hear it. Let's Uh, hear it. Uh, just, you know, you, People are trying to do things and trying to help him, and he he treats them very poorly. Yeah, that seems like a liability um, to me. So, I think that we just we see the uh, the exact polar opposites of how you can respond in moments of of hardship. Mm. And uh, mm. and and so yeah, that's mine. Those are mine. What's yours? So.
0: I will start with an asset uh, stemming from your liability where Eska chooses Desna. That is the asset for me, where Eska is able to say that the life of my sibling (laughs) is more important than this mission that I have been like manipulated to believe is going to like is important. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that it, it took a lot for this to happen, but see like f- to this point, I don't know that I would have believed that's what would have happened. And like, it's almost like this, I like, can release of tension to see that, no, they, they do have a boundary. And so seeing that was, was helpful for me in humanizing the twins. It
1: also feels like it gives us hope that we don't necessarily have to repeat the sins of our, the generations that come up yeah for us.
0: yeah yeah no I love that like yeah. that's
1: not that just in this moment thinking about it it's just that's a that's a really nice illustration of just because your parents did it this way um, does not mean you have to yeah like, I think that that's you have the power the to autonomy. step away yeah but that takes a little bit of self esteem like that it takes does. confidence to be able to say I'm, no this is wrong or no, this isn't what I'm going to do. I'm going to go against your will here. Mm -hmm. Um, That takes a little bit of an ego. It does. So,
0: and then my liabilities are calling 10s and out. Yeah. Um, You know, the, the, those little jokes can hurt so much really can. And I like (laughs) having received plenty, I like, I, those are the, sometimes the ones that hurt the most. Because um, we have to shrug them off and pretend like, <laughs> yeah, funny.
1: Well, it's, it's it's amazing how I remember specific instances in my life where those things were said, joking or not, right? That I, But I remember specific instances from teachers or from family members. They stick with you. Yeah. I, I can't tell you all the times that a teacher has been super uplifting to me. Yeah. Um. But I remember well, when they say something offhanded. Well, it's or like or small and poke fun or, or something along you know, those lines. It's
0: really like a good example is like when a math teacher, you know, a student that does poor on a math test, and it's man, it's a good thing you're really good at English. Right. Right. Yeah. Like that. That's devastating and to some does, kids. And those things
1: have been said. Yeah. And you remember them. They stick with you. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. again, yes, that's yes. Anyway, those
0: are our assets and liabilities Mm -hmm. for this episode. Now that brings us to this, this intention setting and for our devotion, we are looking at ego, Mm -hmm. our lens of ego through the element of water. Yeah. Again, an effort to maintain balance. Right. And so thinking about this goal, what are, what are, what do we want to do? What what do we want to do?
1: So one of so one of the things that I am not great about drinking water throughout the course of the day, you should drink more water always stay hydrated. Y'all, I am what I call, like, a recognize and chugger, so like, <laughs> so, like, I'll go through an entire day, and then I'll be like, I'm super thirsty, and so I'll stand, I'll fill up, like, two or three cups worth of water at the, like, at the water fountain or at the refrigerator, and so I will chug three. 32 ounces later. I'll chug <laughs> two or three of them, and I'll put it down, and I won't touch, I won't drink water, like, yeah. And so intentional water breaks are something I've had to legitimately plan or, like, set alarms you put, for. You put reminders in yeah, your hand and, for it? and say, like, drink water. Because <laughs> you're like, yeah, fair. Let's do that. Because I've been sipping coffee all morning, and that actually isn't the same thing. That's not um, the same. I want to do the same thing with ego breaks. Like, well, as uh, like Ooh, have water breaks, but have ego interesting. breaks. And just moments where after meetings, after visiting sites with work, after interactions, taking just uh, 30 seconds to say – was I listening to the views of others? Did I leave that situation and really want my way to be the end of it? Or was I open to other people's situations? Uh, someone else got a promotion at work. How do I feel about it? Mm. Why do I feel that way about it? Um, I didn't even apply for a promotion, but yeah. how do I feel about this other person well, in that... getting something like that? And so I think those are just taking time to say, to take ego breaks and to yeah. just see if I'm keeping things like that in check.
0: And I love the way you kind of phrase that. It's like I'm I'm gonna make this a, a time to check rather than a time to like it's not a time to like beat myself up if I am finding that my ego is there. It's recognizing it and saying, Okay, I acknowledge that. What what are the things that I need to think about now? Do I
1: need to sip some water right yeah. now? Yeah. <laughs> like...
0: Um and so I, I think that's really helpful because it's it's not a chance for you like, Oh man, I'm the worst. No. Like I I don't wanna I don't wanna Put that on your intention Correct. list, right? right yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I do love, I love that. That's very it's well, similar to mine. Should,
1: you shouldn't be mad at yourself for not being hydrated. It, you yeah, just, you should just drink, drink water. More water. You should yeah. just drink water and move on. Yeah. Um. So I, you know, I think that's how I, that's how I envision it. Yeah. So that's mine.
0: I, I, think mine's in a similar vein, and what I'm doing is I learned a question to to ask um, before you know responding. Is, is this response for me or for the person I'm talking to? And literally asking that question before I respond. And I'm in, a, I'm in a, again, a program at the hospital where I'm speaking a lot to people who are really struggling. And a lot of times what, what happens in those situations is that I become uncomfortable.
1: So you, the responses are actually to make you get out of that discomfort.
0: Exactly. And so the question I need to ask before I say anything is, is this response for me? or is this response for them? And so I really want to implement that. I want that to be a part of my um, inner dialogue when I'm in a, a care session with someone.
1: I think that's so important. I, not to call anyone out. I have a colleague that I, that I really love dearly, and, and they do a great job of being supportive of team efforts, and, and but when they become uncomfortable, they they ramble and jump in and say all these things that they think I want to hear, and sometimes I'm like, that's... I, that wasn't a helpful comment. I get why you did it, but like that wasn't yep. that's not making me feel better in this moment.
0: I know those people too.
1: Um and I think we all know someone. I think we do it. Oh. Regularly. Yeah. If you're not so inside that's a wonderful thing to be conscious of I think in general of and I think that whether whether you're apologizing, whether you're yep. um yep. whether you're engaging in what's about to be an uncomfortable situation. Yep. Whether it's inviting someone to be a part of something. Am I inviting them for them and their benefit? Or am I doing it for mine? Or um, I think all of those things are questions worth asking. And sometimes it's okay. Like sometimes if it's for you, that's fine. That's not a bad thing. It's
0: part of the discernment process, right? And So it
1: can be for you. It can also not be.
0: Yeah. So, But I think asking that question, one, it invites me to be like what will seem as though – um, more it'll invite more silence into the conversation too which is something that I really value and oftentimes people who people need that space to process and think and me asking that question just invites them to do that for a little bit longer and so I'm I'm hopefully getting two birds one stone here
1: it's super interesting because uh, podcast radio one on one would always dictate silence you never want silence yeah on a podcast on a podcast right? <laughs> Um, and so we don't do it. We try to make sure there isn't a lot of dead air when we're when we're chatting and talking, in conversation with people. Letting something simmer for thirty seconds.
0: Oh, this would be so different
1: if if we would make a statement and then just not talk. For... Oh yeah. But and, and so it, and that's a that is a great thing. You know, we the end of the business meeting. Any questions? Great. Okay. Cool. No one raised their hand. No one's got an immediate question. Let's get out of here. Yeah. Versus any questions. And then waiting. And we're going to wait two minutes.
0: Two minutes is long. It is. I would say, like, the general response is you should minimum wait 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. And that feels uncomfortable for people. Yeah. The, you should probably wait closer to 30 seconds. I, I give someone
1: the opportunity to ruminate on what's happening and then process and then ask a question if they need it. So.
0: And if you need to give yourself like, don't just do that and start changing your behavior and just start being silent all the time. Like let people know why you're doing it. Say, Hey, I'm, I'm going to ask this question and then I'm going to wait for 30 seconds and give people that warning, right? Let them be pe- like, like if that people are uncomfortable with that. So giving them that preface also gives people a chance to be like, oh, okay, I will, I don't have to, feel the need to fill the silence right it gives people a chance to process
1: well that's actually a helpful thing that i do in in my own relationship with my partner is sometimes you'll say something and you're expecting a response and it's uncomfortable to not have one and yeah just the acknowledgement of i i heard what you said and i'm gonna sit with it for a few seconds before i respond so it's not just a why aren't you speaking? Why aren't you speaking? Aren't Did you, you hear me? Yeah. Like it's just it's all a, kinds of
0: questions that happen that you can nullify.
1: It's a, interesting. Yeah. Let me let me sit with that for just a few minutes, moments. Yep. Love it. <sighs>
0: okay. Well, that gratitude. brings us to gratitude. Yeah. Um, would you want me to go or do you want to go? Because one of us should go because yeah. we don't
1: want dead space on the air. Not nah, not at all. Mine is Cora. Oh, I love Cora. Mm-hmm for so many reasons she is affirming in this episode Mm. she asks questions this episode she approaches conflict uh without violence or without like this like she really does a good job of of being present in moments and not pushing judgment and um i just it's a core that i really love seeing on screen well,
0: so, it's also interesting because I've been thinking about that, and I think a lot of people would say, well, this just seems really out of character for her.
1: No, she's just gone through a super traumatic event. She just went like, yeah, That's what we have to recognize,
0: like, is she's still in the response to this like week-long traumatic incident. And she's
1: handling it phenomenally. And she's well. doing so good. <laughs> she's doing
0: so good. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, so I think this is so in character, and I, again, I just... I'm we coming. hope
1: that our characters are learning and growing yeah. and
0: developing. And I, I just also want to, like, step away from the, you know, inside the episode to the outside lens of, like, Janet Farney is, her. it's so good. I, I, I list, I've been listening to uh, Braving the Elements, and you know her voice like it's clearly Cora speaking but mm-hmm. it's also there's something that she she's clearly acting as Cora and I hear a difference between Janet Varney and between Cora yep. and it's really nuanced and really acting. subtle but it's so good and it's i just i really appreciate it so i just like hearing hearing it and like i i fully am immersed in believing Cora is talking so i just i digress but yeah. i love it anyway mm-hmm. i'm grateful for kaya and for obvious reasons right kaya is probably like the the crucible that makes this episode and the rest of the series possible so lovely. in this one moment that seems really like negligible but it's it's so beautiful that she is so willing to pay attention to janora it's because it's not just the moment where she empowers janora and asks her and says, hey janora do you want to share anything it's she notices Janora the whole time. It's clear that she's paying attention. She follows Tenzin's directions. She's willing to go with this this whole shindig. And the moment she just, oh, she's just so good. Kaya is so good in this episode. Like, this is prime Kaya for me. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love her.
1: She's, she's great. Yeah.
0: Mm, mm, mm. All well, right. That, that kind of brings us to. You've made it to the end. Another episode of bending not breaking.
1: As always, find us on all the social medias: bnb underscore things. pod, bnb underscore pod, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. We're all over the place. And, and you so... can support
0: us on all the cool things by either writing a review. You can tell your friends about the podcast. That's always a plus. Or if you feel so called and compelled, you can support us on Patreon same handle bnb underscore pod and we have some cool perks there reading reviews well.
1: gives me so much joy feel free to just give us give us the reviews i Absolutely. love that too it's one of my favorite parts it's, yeah. it's reading it makes me feels my heart i love it
0: yeah it's so good
1: well this has been another great episode hopefully for y'all we've really enjoyed speaking today it's and been great so, for us we loved it on <laughs> our end. but i'm sunshine mayfield and i'm ben pruitt and this has been bending not breaking thank you for listening